can do it as well, but I prefer not to. Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player now on Spotify. Spotify. We are on Spotify. Oh, yeah. yeah. And surprisingly easy. <laughs> <You should have laughs> um, thank you, John, for putting us on Spotify. Uh, it's great that we are available to new listeners because the amount of people who are too lazy to download a podcast using a podcast app, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling. But yeah, yeah, so this is great. It's, this is progress. Hopefully some new listeners. Uh, we've got a really good show for you today. We've got Sander Lick of the Week and then followed by an interview with, I've got to practice this Bernd Brotteger, I think, and uh, I can't that's, pronounce that's, his name. That's pretty good. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, that's as good as it's going to get. It's going to get progressively worse. And <laughs> then talk a little bit about our playing. So John has had his bicep fixed since the last episode. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about what they do to fix it. You, Are we going to put might... off the screws straight away? Okay, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was the distal tendon. So that's the tendon that connects into your forearm. Um, the crazy thing is it's the thing that actually rotates your wrist. So guess what I haven't been doing a lot of? Oh, okay. Yeah. That, playing that's... guitar. So <laughs> it just, because I can't, I can't bring my hand into a position to actually play guitar. So what they do though is they slice open the arm like just below the elbow like for yeah. listeners who can't see me right there and uh, they drill through the radius. That's oh, two bones in your arm right the radius and the ulna. So they drill through the radius and then they connect the tendon to basically like what's a drywall anchor and they push it through the bone and it sets itself up on the other side of the bone. And so the tendon is now going through the bone and it will heal back on to the bone that way. Slice, drill, drywall. It sounds like a hardware operation, my friend. It, it kind of is. Yeah. It is. It's fun. Well, yeah. you're on the mend, which is good. Yep. Uh, yep. Just time for sweater weather, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, So you can't see my disfigured and shrinking biceps. So. John, we've been through this. Chicks dig scars. Okay. <laughs> so... I have your Lick of the Week prepared. Uh, any, I have not listened to it um, as, as, you know, like most weeks. So any tips or recommendations? before? No, we but you're definitely going to get it. And if you okay. don't, I don't even know who you are. This, this podcast is over if that's the case. What a way to end. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even finish the episode. Okay, cool. Let's have a listen. Oh, I am slightly flabbergasted. Please don't end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we worked so hard, kind of. Uh, yeah, this. Oh, okay. So I just, I'm gonna. So it's it sounds eighties. It's it sounds quite sort weird. of, sort okay. of. This is this is part of why I picked it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just tell you. We'll do a little bit of active listening here. So it's got <clears> like <throat> kind of. It's got that big, kind of Andy Summers delay. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard the first note and I thought it was uh, Number of the Beast, but then I was like, no, it's not. Uh, very much not. I, I, oh, you've got the big drums, you've got the, it's two guitars, 
so I is it it's one guitar okay so it's double double there with yeah with lots of delay yeah oh oh fucking hell it's because it's it's like simple driving rock but it has a bit of a kind of a new post punk sort of like sound to it um uh, John who is this and why are you putting me through this what, what is- <laughs> this is Pink Floyd run like hell okay so. Uh, okay pink floyd i am one of those bands that growing up you have to have someone show you pink floyd and i never really had that person oh my goodness uh, so i am familiar with the greatest hits and the wall and uh uh, you know of course dark side right but yeah uh go go on okay so why did you pick this of all the pink floyd songs so this is yeah go uh go go ahead you're gonna say that sounds it sounded super much later than Pink Floyd. It sounded right. Like- so this is 1979. This is from okay. the wall. So mm. one of the reasons that I thought this was really interesting, one, we've never done this guitar player, but all the things that everybody expects are things off of Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, you know, mm. Solo from Shine You Crazy Diamond, or Comfortably yeah. Numb, or something yeah. like that. All great mm. solos, all great things. But this is, for me, this is what's really cool about this album. Like, this is a piece of rock history. And it shapes the way the 80s sound. Like, think about the thing that you, the first thing you said was like, it sounds 80s. That's because this is everything after it. So when you go back and you listen to like uh, Unforgettable Fire, a sort of of homecoming is this song. Like, the Edge's delay is like all based off of this. You mentioned Andy Andy Summers. Like, so... Mm. What they're doing on this album in 1979 is laying the groundwork for the next decade and a half. You know, it's amazing what happens here. So just the just the innovation, not to, not to say anything about like the fact that it's David Gilmore and his vibrato is the vibrato of Kings. And if you're going to yes. figure out how to play vibrato, listen to David Gilmore because his variation in it is absolutely incredible. Um, mm. And it's not, you know, I think people like B.B. King basically have one vibrato and it's his vibrato and it sounds great. Eric Clapton has a pretty... Kirk uh, Hammett. Yeah. <laughs> that's Sorry. not really a vibrato, that's a wall. I have to slip that so. in. <laughs> Ooh. At least we got one Hammett... Fucking... Dig, yeah. Hammett, yeah. Hammett yeah. dig. That's it. Yeah, yeah Hammett dig. One, so. one Hammett dig of the episode. Yeah, man. That's it's that's I'm so happy you brought that up. That's that's you've got a real piece of rock history though that I've somehow overlooked for very long. Yeah, so how have we back, about Dave Gilmore before? I well, I think we may have mentioned him when we talked about vibrato ages ago. Might be not a bad one to bring up again. But yeah. um and, and like I said, like definitely there's there's a lot of things that he does that are just absolutely fantastic. But this yeah. um I think is is such a cool piece of what we see with rock history and how it shapes the sound for the next um 20 and in some cases 30 years you listen to some of the stuff that's coming out now and i think even stuff like the yeah yeah yes when you Mm. listen to like heads will roll that kind of echoey thing is very wall oriented comes a lot from that or uh, even some of the stuff like uh in zero as well is yeah example so look at that Many I, years later, still still doing things, but yeah, that's thing, yeah. that's why I picked it. 
Well, I love how you're referencing our Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's episode we did. I clearly yes. have won you over. <laughs> it's <And> true. <laughs> and I also, what I love, when I think about, you know, music from this time, you know, right now we have like probably like a Moore pedal that'll make a guitar sound something like this or have this kind of effect. Right. But back in the day, it was just, you know, it, the, the technology it was probably the size of a fucking like house to try and get this down. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. uh, you know, pedal technology had not advanced to the nowhere near to the stage that we're at now. So, um, yeah, that's that's great. That's really really. You don't you don't know what what kind of gear he was using for this effect. Um, you know what? I didn't look it up. So I'm curious. No, that's I, fine. I, I kind of feel like I should have. Ah, oh. no, that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll 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 talk about it next time. Um, but if I had to guess, it's probably the Electro Harmonics Memory Man would be my my guess. Yes. So, but, but the size of a house? No, I'm joking. Um, yes. <laughs> sweet man, that's that's great. Thank you for excellent choice. I'm going to have to up my look at the week game. So now we have a very special interview. John, you did not really know our guest before. I might be calling him our guest because his name is a bit difficult to pronounce. Um, I had to kind of run him by you just to be like, hey, this guy rocks. And you, you were impressed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll leave the name pronunciation up to you. So, but. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to double check his band because his band was very difficult to pronounce as well. Uh, one second. Uh, okay, so his band is. It's like Schaffling und Spier. Spier. Und Spier. Und Spier. Yeah. yeah. I, can pronounce, I can pronounce the second part of it. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is Bernd Brotteger. Um, he is, uh, I have a, basically a German sister-in-law, so my you know, German's getting better. My pronunciation is getting better. He is a session guitarist. He basically played metal for years, was a bedroom guitarist, picked up guitar like 13, 14, which is pretty impressive. Uh, locked himself in a room, loads of, learned loads of guitar, uh, metal guitar, went touring, decided he wanted to learn jazz. And now he's a, basically a session musician and also an instructor. And he has a course going. Um, we will link it in the show notes. Uh, I'm very tempted to purchase it. And yeah, he he just was doing things on Instagram that I'd never seen anybody do before. And yeah, so this is our interview and we'll discuss after. And we're live. Uh, we are live with a very special guest, Bernd Brotega. Am I getting that right? Hey. Yeah, yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you saying it on YouTube and I've been saying it all day. Yeah, it's a uh, brilliant name. Really authentic. If you when you roll the R like Rammstein. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. I've been practicing all day, so I, I think <laughs> that that's going to throw me off. Um, cool. So I'll just explain a little bit. Um, well, if you actually wouldn't mind explaining to our guests a little bit about you, for those of you who don't know you, um, I found you on Instagram and mm -hmm. then followed you on YouTube. Like a lot of, um, basically how I consume a lot of guitar content these days. The magazines are out the window, and it's all YouTube yeah, and Instagram. Okay. Yeah, so um, would you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what kind of music you play? Um, well, I've been a so-called kind of professional player for 10 years now. Um, I started out making uh, or playing um, death and black metal stuff, the more extreme yeah. kind of stuff. I went on tour with bands like Belzegor. I don't know if you heard about them. It's like yeah. one of the Austrian extreme metal bands, so to say. And after uh, touring with them for a couple of years, I decided that I want to make this my job and studied uh, jazz guitar and pop music at the conservatory. It's called Vienna Music Institute. Yeah, it's very like, famous. Uh, uh, four years of, of studying all that stuff, jazz and theory and all that. So I think that's the 
that's the thing that really pays off right now because I can combine technique and theory in the videos. Most guys, uh, I think, focus on one of those two things. Yeah. Very important to take both aspects for the exercises because you save a lot of time when you work on technique and theory at the same time with with exercises. And right now I'm playing uh, actually in a pop band, which oh, really? is also a lot of fun. It's called uh, Silence Bear. We also practiced that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. For me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll try. Put your, you're putting me on the you're putting me on the spot yeah. here. Uh, Silence Bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, the last, last part is... Yeah. And what, yeah, what, does, yeah. That what does that translate to? Uh, it's actually very boring. It's the name, uh, those are the names of the two guys. Of the two ah, singers. okay. Like Coheed <laughs> and Cambria. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Sweet, so you, like, you're a session player, and how long have you been teaching, Bert? Um, I think I started teaching after a couple of years of playing, actually, um, just uh, but I didn't have any idea about about uh, how to teach because when you start playing, um, you think you're a great teacher too, like I can play this and that, and so I'm a teacher now. Completely <laughs> <laughs> um, different. Yes, it's a completely different story. So I guess um, I would say for five five or six years, I've been taking it uh, very seriously. Um, trying to help people in private lessons first and yeah, then came all the, the online stuff because you only uh, can have so many students at home. It's, of course. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I had to cancel a lot of uh, appointments with the students because of tours and all of that stuff. And the online stuff is, is just uh, a better way for me to educate more people. Yeah, so so much easier. Um, we will we might get to your um your baby your courses and everything just in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I suppose well, I'll just describe like um one of the, the most recent videos you put out was um how to play much faster and I think that's a question that we all we talk about it a lot on our show. And what I really liked was you made this point about trying your you know when learning to swim you know you can practice in the shallow end all you want but you really need to kind of throw yourself into the deep end. And I really liked that approach. You kind of mis mixing fast alternate picking bursts with you know comfortable playing. Um, um, so that was a really, really good piece of advice I heard. In terms of like giving um, advice to your students, are there any lessons that you find yourself repeating like again and again? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of the stuff. I mean, the, the stuff I talked about in, in that video, uh, mixing uh, exercises that you feel comfortable with, uh, comfortable speeds with also pushing yourself. That's mm. something I'm returning to a lot because um, I think it was... Uh, Martin Miller, I don't know if you know him, who said yeah, yeah. comparison with walking and running, just two uh, very different muscle groups. And I've been trying to analyze my own technique for years now, and it's also constantly changing and adapting. And I found that it that it's uh, changing a lot between the slower and the faster tempos. So that's what I like to focus on now, is to actually um, define the different motions in the different tempos. That's a, what, what I want to isolate and I want to switch between them perfectly. That's the, yeah, of course. Uh, one thing is playing fast, <laughs> like uh, we all like to talk about that. But for me, it's even more important to have absolute control um, over my uh, picking motion, for example, in different kinds of tempos and switching fluidly in between them. That's yeah, it's, it, right now. <laughs> so it's, it's not something that a lot of people focus on. A question for you on that. Are you familiar okay. with uh, Troy Grady at all? Yes, you had okay. him so, a couple of weeks ago here. 
Uh, we had him. I think he was one of our first guests. We had him maybe. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was so nice. He really boosted our <laughs> our listenership just having him on. Um, sorry, John. Continue. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, like, how much has has that sort of did that picking approach that he has? Did that kind of yeah. influence you a little bit? And then what, what have you noticed about your own picking since then? And, and that focus on it. Um, Cause it's something I've done with a lot of my students too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you see improvement in your own work and, and kind of what, what do you prefer in terms of pick angles and that sort of thing? And this is like super detailed, super minutia and maybe Nerdy. boring for people, but I'm really curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, his videos are, are quite famous. <laughs> He is uh, a great, great teacher, and um, I discovered him also uh, lots of years ago. And I love the uh, fixed line thing, as I think Ari calls it. Yeah. Uh, the fixed line thing stuff. And it's so obvious when you think about it or when you analyze it that uh, the, the biggest challenge is switching correctly between the strings. You always get stuck and you don't know why. So that was a big revelation, of course, uh, all the fixed line thing stuff. And, and you cover that in your own course, too, right? Um, yeah, I, I go into that a little. I, I mean, I don't want to copy him at all because my angle is a is a little bit different. I think, especially when I recorded the course, I um, had a. I, I mean, I have a lot of different angles because I play acoustic guitar too and electric guitar in the band, and that's a totally different approach and instrument for me. So um, yeah, about about Troy, I love. I love the stuff. He's an influence for sure, and I love that he brings so many uh, different guitar players to the show and analyze and analyze them. I think we can learn a lot from that. Yeah, I think so as well. It's just in terms of the amount of like we have Jens Larsen has been on our show a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and we're going to have him on again very soon. And he, he's actually, you know, he's it's a completely different style, but he's also kind of similar to your approach in teaching, and that he likes to combine technique with mm-hmm. um, just I suppose with the theory as well. And um, one thing I really like just to just to throw it in is um, when your your videos when you're giving like you're talking about modes or stuff like that when you're laying out the tabs on what your fingers are doing, you're yeah. always each one each note is high highlighted whenever your finger touches it in the videos and it's something that's really really small but it's I, I'd never seen it before in lessons and it really kind of opens the mind and really like <clears throat> excuse me puts a visual on what the actual you know what the actual scale is doing what the exercise is doing and what notes are being played it's just something I thought was really really cool that's really good to hear because it's a lot of work <laughs> I can tell the production value is insane on some of your videos. I mean, I, you put out um, a video that was like teaching that it was like the modes explained in one minute, mm-hmm. which is like this gargantuan task that, uh, but it's, uh, I was something that I really, really appreciated um, oh. from your video. Sorry, I'm kind of fangirling out here a little bit. Um, <laughs> Makes me very happy. So um, if you could tell us about your course, maybe you have 10 steps to modern shredding. Yeah. Um, so could you, could you tell us a little bit about that for um, our you know, listeners that might be interested? Yeah, um, um, right now, I think last week, um, we had the student number, we had student number 400 sign up for the course, which is is a 10 week program that I put together, um, because it's something I was searching for uh, many years ago. Um, Something uh, that we talked about already that um, every teacher kind of has his or her own thing. technique theory or maybe maybe even something uh, like alternate picking something really specific and what I was always uh, searching or looking for is a course a book a DVD anything covering almost everything that I want to learn from uh, 
you know, alternate picking, sweet picking, the standard stuff and tapping, but also some cool slapping tricks, some yeah. uh, crazy chords, because uh, not a lot of a uh, lot of metal players are interested in chords. I'm very interested in chords and, and voicings and all the strange stuff and theory and uh, exotic scales and all that. So I wanted uh, to make a course with the 10 topics that I think are most important or are most important for me for a so-called modern shred player. Mm. Um, uh, just the 10 things that you should master that I need very frequently in different studio jobs or things that people um, tell me are pretty cool, I guess. When you play them like the slapping stuff, it's a little bit unusual. Yeah, um, it's, it's super yeah. different. I think the, uh, the chord thing is, is really interesting too. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's a huge aspect, I think, of modern guitar and something like you were saying, just in some of your videos too, like that, that's something that really comes through. So um, can you talk a little bit more about your process for chords and like how you, how you like to use those in your own writing? Well, for me, um, it's, it's not definitely not about sitting down with a chord book and looking at different diagrams and chords. What I really love to do is pick a sound or scale that I like or that I'm working on right now. Um, for example, the whole tone scale, or I did a video on, on harmonic minor because I really like the harmonic minor sound. Like, uh, like. Brent, you okay? Uh oh. Hello. Oh. Oh. We, oh sorry. You froze yeah. for a minute. Uh, you were saying you really like the harmonic minor sound. Yeah, I like. I think like almost all of us, it's it's just a great sound. And what I like to do is um, to work with the intervals in that scale, um, just trying to visualize uh, the whole scale across the neck, and trying to find uh, chords within it. Just some intervals that I like and then trying to define uh, what I'm actually playing. So it's not just um, playing random notes on the fretboard and um, putting together a random chord progression in the system, but um, you're working with intervals and you make them bigger and bigger and form a chord progression. And after that, you could actually think about what is this chord called uh, in theory, for example, and you know, um, that's that's the that's an approach I, I really really like. It's not just taking one chord and trying to use it, or learning a couple of chords and throwing them together and, and it doesn't work. I like to work in a defined um, harmonic system like a scale or a mode, and try to find interesting intervals and build chords with that, and then also build arpeggios with that. Of course, that's the mm -hmm. that's the next thing that's very connected for me too. Um, I don't really like uh, studying arpeggio shapes or playing the same shapes all the time. Um, I try to work in different scales, use different chords, and all that stuff. That's, I guess, my approach to chords. It's not just uh, looking at chords and learning how they're uh, called correctly. That's all very, very important. But I also try to find my own voicings and then go into that later. What is that actually? Um, what's the root there? Is it an, inver in, an inversion of something? Uh, what chord uh, could I exchange for that? <laughs> and yeah, I kind of... you're you're getting really jazzy here, Bernd. I yeah, wasn't expecting this much but, jazz. But here's I'm what's sorry. cool about that, I think, is just the fact that what you're saying is you start with a sound, uh, yeah. and so instead of getting bogged down with well, what is what do I play here? A minor thirteen with a flat <laughs> eleven or whatever, you know. Um, instead, you have a sound that you're aiming for or a structure, like you mm -hmm. said, a scale that becomes a framework. 
And yeah. I really like that approach. Um, do you teach that as well? Do you kind of teach like constructing chords from scales? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I teach my system about scales first. For example, the video you, you mentioned where I talk about explaining the modes in one minute, which is a very bold claim. But it's um, actually it's it's not that hard. Uh, most of the time, uh, just one mode is changing, and the natural major and minor scales surface the reference there. And that's what I usually start with. Maybe talk a little bit about the modes with my students, and then we don't learn uh, the scale all across the neck. That's uh, something I did with uh, a lot of teachers when I was starting. We would sit down for one week and learn Dorian all across the neck, for example. I had no idea what Dorian sounds like, what the <laughs> characteristic notes are, but I could play it all over the neck. Sure. It's not the, it was a not shape. The right yeah. Just yeah. Knowing where to put my fingers. That's not the right approach. So that's the first thing I would discuss with my students if they're interested in scales. But then the next thing, as I said, is not learning the scale all across the neck. It would be maybe forming chords and intervals to actually show the sound. So my students know um, when they when they are writing something or working on a composition or arrangement uh, of their own that they know okay harmonic minor sounds like that uh, Lydian sounds like that uh, the whole tone scale uh, scale is this kind of crazy sound that they know how it sounds first and which kind of chords they can find in it and how to how they can apply it in a practical context that's the thing and for me a lot of things build up on each other it's not like you have to learn scales and then you have to learn chords and then you have to learn arpeggios it's a lot, a lot of it is very connected and actually mm -hmm. the same, same mm. thing not that's as scary as everybody thinks uh, yeah I, like I, I, think, I think so yeah uh, actually i was also very scared at the beginning when i was studying um when i started studying jazz guitar because um uh, a lot of the teachers were those really, really cool old uh, jazz players that were talking in terms I never heard about before. <laughs> and very intimidating. But there were also a lot of really, really good teachers there that actually told you it's not that hard. It's really, it's really quite simple. Actually, you start there, and every and everything's just uh, the uh, one puzzle piece is coming at a time. It's not. It's not impossible. <laughs> and you out. kind of incorporate that into your course as well. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, when you sign up for it, you get the first four lessons um, <laughs> immediately, and then yes. you build on that. You, you, everybody, every week as each week passes, you get um, another set of videos. So it's not like other um, online courses where you can just like skip to the end. It's basically exactly. teaching you kind of patience and growing your skill, which is not something that a lot of people utilize. And I think it's a really, you, you know, it, it saves people getting too caught up too quickly. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, we thought about, I have the, the online course company, so to say, it always sounds weird <laughs> calling it a company, but I have a colleague who's a really, really good at structuring things. He's a very structured person. And that's actually something he brought up. Um, why don't we divide it into different weeks? Not only because um, we want to keep something from people. It's not, uh, it's not that the really good stuff is coming at the end and I stay at the end. <laughs> Um, it's really because I um, also decided to include a coaching feature in the course so that people can really concentrate on one topic per week and whenever they have trouble, they can contact me. Because I know from experience, I will do the same thing probably, that if you want to learn about sweet picking, you would skip to the week, I think it's week six in the course, you would instantly skip to that and you would be very confused because we're talking a lot about arpeggios and um, in the second week we talk about chords and almost all of the knowledge about chords is used in the sweet picking um, chapter 
Mm. So I don't think that a lot of students would really take the time with week two when, when we're talking about the crazy cards because they just want to shred and, and play mental <laughs> or, or um, a lot of students at least. And I heard from quite a lot of them that, uh, that they're happy that they finally um, studied a little bit about cards because they could use everything in the arpeggio chapters and for their arpeggio sequences and all that. So I'm kind of forcing the people <laughs> to study all that stuff by dividing it into different weeks. Uh, so well, it's, to grow as a player, really. I mean, it's, it's really, um, the ultimate goal is just to become a more well-rounded player by the sounds of it. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Um, we won't keep you on for too much longer, but um, just, I have one question. You have this Disney death metal video, which I <laughs> stumbled across. Um, it's basically, yeah. for those of you that haven't seen it, it's basically, you've created this um, uh, play along video to the sword mm -hmm. and the stone. Um, yeah. How long, how did you come up with that and how long does that take to make? It's well, I'm, incredible. I'm very happy that you've seen it because it's not, not one of the videos that a lot of people care about, but I was watching, uh, I really like all the old uh, Disney stuff because mm. it reminds us all of our childhood, I think. And I was watching um, the movie and I heard the whole arrangement in my head already when the scene was playing because it's uh, such a rhythmic yeah. chanting, um, but very happy <laughs> arrangement and I wanted to change it. I wanted to keep all the, the <laughs> rhythmic stuff, but I really wanted to see how it would sound like if you put it in a, in a metal context. But um, it didn't take too long, actually. It was just, I think, um, uh, one afternoon because I heard it um, and the next day I was listening to it over and over to the song. And when I do that, I already have the arrangement in my head and I just have to write everything down. I program MIDI drums for all of my stuff in Cubase because um, click is very important, but mm. some of my students don't like to practice with just the, the metronome because it's very unforgiving. We talk and about we should, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you should practice only with the metronome. And yes, it is unforgiving and it can be uh, frustrating, but it's very, very important. But I get them to practice more um, to a system with rhythm and timing by uh, composing drum tracks and uh, backing tracks for them. Uh, for all the lessons that I publish on Patreon, um, students tell me that it's uh, much better to practice with drums and click than to just practice with click. So I'm pretty uh, fluent in programming drums too. And so that wasn't a big issue for, for that video. I guess on a classic guitar player programming drums, every drummer would shake their head like a little bit when they <laughs> It works, <laughs> I think. It's okay. As long as you're not going full Meshuggah, then you're, you're fine. Nobody has played in real life at least, yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. That's, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, you got to make more of those Disney videos, man. I really enjoyed really? it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Well, you know, I, if if you want to, of course. Yeah, I um, absolutely. <laughs> it was great. Um, and you also just one more video I really enjoyed was um. So a lot of people have like videos where they talk about what they don't like about players. <clears throat> we we kind of we bash Kirk Hammett every now and again. It's just a running motif. Okay. But you have a, a video. It's five types of bad shred guitarists where you talk mm -hmm. about things that people do maybe uncreatively or unmelodically because it just looks cool or it sounds cool and ways mm -hmm. that you can improve it. I thought that was, um, if I had to recommend another one of your videos, I thought that one was really oh, great wow. as well. Thank you very much. Um, it, was that, did that just come out of frustration or was it just, um, just um, something that you thought would be fun to put out? No, actually I was um, looking, at, uh, looking at a lot of my old footage and videos and, and live stuff. And um, you always, 
find yourself uh, using some kind of uh, patterns that you just can perform really, really well and that you just feel very comfortable with. And then, you know, the, the video topic just came to my head, like what are the, what are the, the things that us kind of shred guitar players are guilty of the most? Mm. And uh, I also like what you said in the beginning, because uh, I, I, I'm not really fond of um, a lot of YouTubers just pointing out the negative stuff, like the worst players or the worst uh, mistakes or the biggest uh, on-stage mistakes and fails and all of that stuff. <laughs> we like to focus on, on the positive things. And that's one way I kind of thought of uh, how, how could you talk about negative stuff, but um, make it uh, positive in a way. And I had a lot of fun recording the bad examples. For this <laughs> yeah. because I'm always playing like the bad version and the good version. And I didn't want to pick like any player, like uh, this player, does this all the time and that's how you avoid it. I just wanted to show I'm guilty of uh, a lot of stuff too, especially in, 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 the, in the past um, when I was playing much more uh, unmusically, so to say, just showing showing off. Uh, nobody cares about that. <laughs> it's, it's very, very mature of you to, to say that a lot of when you when you say these things, you know, a, a lot of guitar players can get very defensive, you know, when it comes to acknowledging their own mistakes. Yeah, you know, and and um, I think it's really it's it's a really good sign of a player when you can kind of look back at your playing or analyze it, and say what you you didn't like about it, and just basically I suppose Absolutely. aim to aim to improve and 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 go into it with a growth mindset, which I think is uh, really really refreshing. Um, is, yeah, cool. Both, uh, uh, next next video topics is is quite interesting. I, I hope I can make this video some some time. I'm waiting for the pro footage because we played. Um, the same really, really big open air venue 2016, I think, and then we played it this summer, and I played a lot of the same solo stuff, and mm. it's really cool because it's the same camera crew, the same uh, sound engineer, essentially the same sounds. And now I have a back-to-back -back comparison of both of the shows, um, and they're three years apart, and they are already, already there's a lot of stuff in there that I wouldn't do like that anymore. So that's the next kind of thing that I want to do is also analyze your own stuff and say um, what you're free what you're, <laughs> you did uh, wrong a couple of years ago and i think it's very important i'm not defensive at all about that i want to learn i want to become better i think yeah, it's, it's 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 hard to do <laughs> it's hard to look yeah, back at your play but we have to do it to progress i think Cool. Um, I just maybe one more question. Um, regarding just you know learning and playing. Um, just in terms of giving advice to, because this is basically all about improving on guitar. Is there any piece of like unconventional advice that you give to people who are looking to improve their technique? Anything that you've learned through your teaching or through your playing or through maybe maybe any teachers that you've had? Any like golden nuggets that you'd like to maybe share with our audience? Mm -hmm. Well, something that's a little bit unconventional is, um, I think that it helped me a lot with um, reaching a certain tempo with uh, some techniques and reaching a certain, you, you know, a, a, clean, a clean technique by pushing myself too far <laughs> and a little bit too hard in the beginning mm. and not really hearing that um, I was, that the hands are not synced up, for example. Mm. When I started out um, getting into faster stuff, I was practicing a lot of Slayer riffs because they have um, a lot of the tremolo picking stuff and my right hand would just go as fast as it can just to <laughs> play along to the to the songs 
and I was not really thinking about, I mean, this was uh, 10 years ago or something, I, I wasn't really thinking about, okay, this song, uh, I have to play 16th notes here, I have to play 16th note triplets, whatever. I was just going as fast as I can <laughs> with my right hand. And that's uh, something that's, that's a little bit weird and that you shouldn't do, but uh, it allowed me uh, to build speed and to actually to um, be able to feel how it should feel like if I could play that stuff. And after um, learning more and more and developing an ear for that, I actually started to listen to what I was doing and I noticed where well, my hands aren't synced up at all. I'm just um, playing as fast as I can with my right hand, trying to sync it up with my left hand and, and it doesn't work. And then I started uh, building the technique step by step, making it clean, synchronizing the hands and all of that stuff. I think in, when, I, when I think about it, I think that it's, that's uh, a very important thing. And it's something entirely different than just practicing really, really slow and perfectly and then turning the metronome up, uh, up like one, two or three beats per minute every day. And then you hit this kind of wall that we all hit at some point. Yeah. Where actually, your technique has to change. It's not the same technique as, as you use, uh, that you're using when you're playing slow. Um, I think that's, it's, it's very hard to recommend it to a student. Like, just go crazy and play as fast as you uh, can. <laughs> it sounds really, really strange and really crappy. You just have to hear it. That's not something I would recommend. But um, going back, I think that's... Um, kind of how I built my technique over the first kind of years by, you know, not just sitting down and uh, starting very, very slow. I got a feeling for what it's like or what it should feel like when I was playing fast. And then I went back to actually build the technique from that and synchronize my hands, actually think about the note value <laughs> that I was playing. That's, that's something I like to think or uh, talk about. But sadly, I didn't record myself over the years. <laughs> that would be really, really cool. If you start recording yourself when you uh, start the first practice sessions when you start playing guitar, yeah, um, it's like it's like going to the gym and and t seeing yeah. photos of yourself and you know being able to to measure your success. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great. I recommend to a lot of my students. I I really like that approach too, man. Um, one of the mm -hmm. things, like I always try to say too, is you start slow and then you just go as fast as you can until you fall off the rails and you back mm -hmm. it off just a little bit. It's like, it's kind of like a sprinter. Like a sprinter can spend a whole bunch of time working on his technique, getting out of the blocks, but like he's never gonna run fast if he doesn't just go fast. And that's yeah. kind of what you're saying, right? Like go I, fast. Yeah, absolutely, and his first run also won't be the, the best one ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> he pushes it and he, maybe he almost faints at the end because he pushed it way too hard. But yeah, I'm, I agree, you have to, some point i mean what's very important is obviously don't hurt yourself when you feel some kind of pain especially in your right hand mm. it's not the, the right way to go and you also really really need to develop your ears or you need a, a teacher who tells you um that it's uh, it's not really correct what you're doing that's also very very important so don't just uh, go absolutely crazy and play as fast as you can and then uh, be like okay now i'm done now i can play fast and that's it you know, I also really, really re uh, recommend having a teacher that helped me a lot. I'm, I'm very lucky that I had such amazing, uh, amazing teachers, um, especially when I started out. And yeah, but as you said, also push yourself, definitely. That's very, very important. You can't just, um, as we said, you know, start really, really slow, increase the tempo just a little, little bit every day. 
you would see that that there's uh, a wall when the motion needs to change and you need to actually know how that uh, um, motion actually feels so you can build it from scratch somehow hopefully <laughs> amazing that's that's actually a, just i suppose that's that's a really good end, note to end on just in terms of like looking so. at I looking at the, big, that's at the big picture <laughs> um ben you're um you're playing with silo and spiel and you are uh going out and tour yeah i nailed that one uh you're going out and tour and no, you're going out and tour in november Yes, um, Great. on tour in Germany. I'm really looking forward to that. It's the first club tour, so to say, that we've done in a while. Um, right now, we are back from the summer tour. We played some really cool festivals like uh, Rock am Ring, Rock in Park. Uh, I had the chance to watch some uh, really, really cool bands there. Um, Bring Me the Horizon was playing, uh, I don't know. A lot of uh, Austrian Austropop, we call it Austropop here in, in Austria, the Austrian <laughs> pop band. A lot of very um, famous bands there, a lot of great players too. It was really, really cool, but I'm looking forward to uh, the club tours, uh, especially because there are a lot of uh, shows in a row. With the open air shows, we only had um, like two or three shows uh, a week uh, now lately, and the, the third or fourth show is always the best one. And then you kind of start again in the yeah week. of course and it's always really really cool to have like 10 15 shows in a row and at the ending of the year we have some of our biggest shows so far um really really happy about that we return to some of the venues where i thought uh, that's like the one and only time we're going to play there and now we can do it again it's, it's really really cool I mean, I don't know if your audience is interested in the music. It's just, it's really, a, it's a pop band, <laughs> but mm. the live arrangements are uh, a lot cooler. You have all those classic, you know, pop uh, guitar solos, those long things where, you know, the lights are coming, uh, <laughs> lights are uh, on, on you when you're playing the solo and all, all the stuff that you don't uh, necessarily have in a metal band. Um, yeah, you can see it on your Instagram um, sheet. You can just see like the, just that the the sheer scope of the audiences, like you're playing to big crowds, yeah, yeah. so no, that's, only that's, in Austria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for now, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's really uh, it's really hard for I think for um, for Germans, especially um, the, the farther you move into the north, uh, to really understand the lyrics. Mm. Um, there's some some words in the lyrics that I don't. Uh, I had to look up actually. <laughs> really. <laughs> A heavy, heavy um, Austrian uh, dialect. And there are not too many. I mean, there are rules, I think, but um, I guess most people also argue how to write some of that stuff uh, of these words that they are using. But it's very, very um, authentic. They just sing like they speak. Um, they're not changing. And so for the shows in Germany, obviously the <laughs> lyrics are remain the same. And also when they talk to the audience. In the middle so i hope i really really hope that people understand us over there <laughs> that i noticed is with the german shows that people are applauding for the guitar solos and all that stuff because they're not completely focused on the singers it's just sure. a classic pop band with the two stars and the rest of the band mm. uh, so to say um and there we also have a great um reaction to the music actually people are not just there because of the, the lyrics and um and of, because of those two guys so that's that's also really cool but most Sounds people who watch the, the, the live videos on instagram think it's a rock or metal band because of the solos <laughs> are all, all, all <laughs> and then they are really disappointed when, you, when they listen to the studio stuff because it's just acoustic guitars and 
to vocals and that's actually man you know betancourt was touring with rihanna so you know yeah okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good example yeah <laughs> there <you go. laughs> and so this was an absolute blast um we'll link to all your socials um you're on instagram and youtube and is there anything else you'd like to shout out while you have the chance i, I just wanted to say uh thank you for for inviting me i really 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 important for me um, to be part of such such cool things and I think you have a really cool thing here uh, I hope that it that it also helps people a bit um, I mean I, it, it's it's entertaining people for sure but I really like that you're talking uh, about practicing about technique and, and all of that stuff and the approaches of the players you talk to it's not just like who are your biggest influences how long have you been playing so <laughs> uh, uh, much more that's how it started, but we learned. <laughs> and I think it's, it's also important, and I, I also like to know that about players that um, I don't follow that much, but I really like that you, as I said, also that you focus on, on the stuff, um, trying to get the most out of the, uh, the players, uh, like what are the teaching methods, uh, important exercises and that stuff. So I think you're doing a great job. Thank you for having oh, me. Wow, thank, thank you, you so very much. much. That's amazing. I really appreciate that. Um, sweet. Bent, we will let you go. Um, uh, but thank you so much. Uh, I'm very I'm very tempted to, to purchase your course. I don't know. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds amazing. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, I might, might, might send you a message about that. Um, sweet. Thank you so much. Um, enjoy the rest of your um, evening. In, uh, are you in Austria at the moment? Yes. Okay, Austria. cool. Vienna. Vienna. Oh, oh, Vienna. Unreal. Yes. Cool. Um, sweet, man. Thanks so much for everything. Bernd. My man, that was that was amazing. Uh, so I, I I got so much out of that. That guy is like he shreds so hard, and he is so polite, modest, right. uh, so reserved. I, I I really dig what he does, and you know if I could play that well, John, I'd be a complete fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, you would. Yeah, I would. I'd just be like shredding all day, all night. Um, but no, he uh, he is he is really really great. Um, it comes across. He just seems to have a real passion for guitar. That is, uh, it's really inspiring. Like especially, it shines through in his like his Instagram posts. I, I really dig what he's what he does, and I'm very 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 tempted to get his course. Uh, Bernd, if you're listening to this, uh, discount will be nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very affordable. I will happily pay full price. Um, John, did you? get anything out of our interview? Yeah, absolutely. There are a few things that I, I really liked his idea of kind of thinking more about playing to the chords or the harmony um, instead of just thinking about scales. And so once you start doing that, it kind of opens up a whole bunch of options, as it were. I thought that was, yes. that was a great way to approach it. I try to do that as much as I can with my students, but um, I just really like the way he phrased it, the way he talked about it. You, you begin to think in terms of arpeggios instead of just like, well, I'm just going to play this G major scale over it. Well, that's fine. But if someone's playing a G chord, please, whatever you do, just don't camp out on like the C and the F sharp. You know what I mean? So it's a good, good approach, good approach, good advice. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think for a guy who has English as a second language, he was much more articulate than we ever are. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's no, why I, it takes us 40 minutes to do it, and it takes him a minute to explain the modes. 
So, That's it uh, yeah. in like a 30 second Instagram. Video. Um, yeah, sweet. So friends, uh, we highly recommend checking this guy out. Bounce is a really nice guy. His course is amazing um, from the looks of it. And yeah, check him out. He does great YouTube videos, great Instagram content. Content is king with this guy. So yeah, check him out. But John, I know you've got a very, you know, you've got an injury right now. You're nursing a wound, but... Yes. What have you been working on? Oh, is that is is that where we're going? It's what, time for that second. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, yeah, trying to actually play guitar a little bit. So in the absence of playing, I've been trying to do a little composition, see how that goes. Cool. It's uh it's hard to do. It's it's an interesting thing. So one thing that I would definitely recommend is the next time you think about playing or trying to write something or write a solo, see mm. if you can write it out without touching your guitar that's a hard thing to do so oh john yeah yeah or, I, you know it, but we've talked about this before where it's kind of like you hear it first and then play it on your guitar so that's sim- si- similar idea similar idea i think it's it's a challenge to sit down there and try to write stuff out um if you have the skill set to be able to notate things um do it or use guitar pro that's yes. also a great tool so mm-hmm. yeah good stuff now yeah i was about to say like an, a, a composition program like sibelius or guitar pro or something like that is is right. really but it is kind of cheating if you can hear it then so <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's all music at the end of the day john there is no cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well um, it, it depends i mean i guess it depends on what you're trying to do so if you're just trying to work on your ear and see if you can if you, how well you actually know your instrument when you're away from your instrument, you know, that's, yes. that's kind of a good, good thing. So at any rate for you, you've, you had a single come out you've got all sorts of fancy things like <laughs> do tell fancy what, thing. what, what have you been, what have you been working on guitar wise in that process? So John, I am one minute and 42 seconds in to playing Pretty much like without looking at any sheet music, to, I, I have memorized the first minute, almost two minutes of uh, Cluster Pluck by J- by Great. Yeah, well, I can't play it up to speed, but it is, it's. Uh, well, you're I, dead to me. <laughs> well, it's so, it's constantly like you're, 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 you're being a real drama queen today. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's the arm. We'll just blame it on the arm. We'll blame it on the arm. Uh, <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Uh, yeah, I yeah. So that's that's been great. It's just been, but it's it's kind of it's basically I'm learning four bars essentially every day, breaking it down. Uh, I said that before. Jim Little has a video of his version of it, which I can just break down and see what he's doing in terms of like shapes, if I need to, or just even in terms of like slowing down the speed so I can hear because it's really fast. It's like 215 BPM or something. Oof. Yeah, so especially when I can break down and have a look at what his right hand is doing, because it's it's mostly all chicken picking. So I'm very curious as to how much he's doing up down and how much is he just like between the three strings. Um, so yeah, that's it. And I've also been learning. You're going to dig this with your uh, Wolfgang guitar in the background. I have been slowly. Well, I've actually got it almost down. The the Panama solo. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. I put a poll on YouTube and uh, sorry, put, put a poll on Instagram, pardon me. And I was like, what solos do people think I should learn? And one guy suggested Panama and I put it to a vote and Panama lost, but now I'm learning it 
to you know have have something to work on and yeah it's cool it's good i had to tune down to e flat which is a bit, bit of a pain in the ass but uh, and also attached my floyd row well not my floyd rose but my tremolo arm to my prs which i had taken off on purpose um which i've never played with before i've never played with a tremolo arm apart from a big speed wow. just for like a few like you know just to make up for my shitty vibrato um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting. Uh, Chris Zupa, uh, the god of YouTube content, has a very good, very concise video on Panama. So every bit that I couldn't hear, I was just going to go into him. Um, yeah, so that's it. Have you ever learned that solo before? Um, no, I haven't. I've, I've never actually played that solo. So the intro, of course, you, you have to learn at some point in your life. But yes, yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's not that hard. It's it's not that hard of an intro, but it's great for those sus four chords. And yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Are they major? Are they minor? Who knows what's going on? Uh, <laughs> they're suspended. Um, cool. And have you been listening to anything else, Preto? Mm. drink. You know what's yeah right. You know what's interesting is so given um, where the the wall. I kind of started last week with the wall and was like, huh, oh, that's really interesting. Started digging a little bit more. I've been really digging some Peter Gabriel stuff. So oh. not necessarily super guitar driven, but what I do like about the guitar stuff that goes on in uh, those albums, particularly So and Us, is it's, if you think of Peter Gabriel's songs more as an orchestration and yeah. everything has to play a part. And when it plays its part, that's what makes the song. So you've got 2011 doing some weird stuff on bass. The keys are really important too. So yeah. everything kind of comes together to make a whole song. And it's not just like, whoa, look at this amazing guitar player. And also there's a guy who sings, you know, mm. like Van Halen. So <laughs> where would you recommend starting? Um, so and us, I think are probably the two key ones. Um, if you're starting with us, Digging in the Dirt is a really great tune. That's one of my favorites off of that track. So Steam on there is kind of like Sledgehammer 2, and that's one where you just feel like Sony or Island or whoever he was with at the time just walked into the room and was like, hey, we need another Sledgehammer. Write another Sledgehammer. And so Steam is basically Sledgehammer Part 2. It's it's probably one of the more disappointing tracks on the album. But the rest of it, you know, there, there's a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, I, I used to play Sledgehammer in a band and people used to go crazy for it. Sledgehammer's great. Steam it is a great song. is just like a watered down Sledgehammer. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah. have the single formula. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, cool. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, I don't know any Peter Gabriel. I know, yeah, I, I know that song from, you know, Say Anything that John Cusack plays on the boombox. Yeah, In Your Eyes, which actually is a good song. It's just... It's overplayed, you know, yeah, so right. and there's there's a lot of other good things on so that are worth checking out. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my two cents. That's what I've been listening to. What have you been tickling your ears with? It's <laughs> just picturing me with like a feather duster. Just like, into <laughs> your own ears. Oh, yeah. Then and then I got then it got stuck. Um, yeah, so I have been listening to so at work I have been listening to because I have a writing job now. Um, I am listening to a lot of instrumental jazz, which is cool. A lot of Bill Evans, but in oh. terms of when, you know when I get some time where I'm just like gathering info and whether when I'm not like 
I'm unable to listen to lyrics. I have discovered, uh, my, my girlfriend's brother sent it to me. He just said, sent me one line and he's really into his music, but usually it's a bit more obscure folk. He sent me one line. He's like, Master of Reality by Black Sabbath is really a great album. So I was like, uh. okay. I was like, okay, I've never really listened to it before. And man, for a 30 minute album with like every song is around five minutes. I, I, I really like it. I really, really dig it. Sweet Leaf is a great opener. Tony Iommi is just riff god, supreme. And I was always more of a paranoid the album person. Of course. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, I... I, I like I, how you I, did that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really, I really dig it. I can just stick it on. I can listen to it twice in an hour and it just it, it gets you pumped. And Ozzy is just on form. So yeah, no, I, 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 I like that. That's kind of my big one for the moment. And okay. Yeah, sweet. Also, and so I watch you from afar are coming to Galway at Christmas, and they are playing their first album from start to finish. So if you want to come, uh, up, yeah, sorry. yeah. So I'm listening to that a lot as well. So, uh, what, what are what are the dates? What are the dates? I believe he's, they're playing Cork on the 29th, and they're playing Galway on the the next day on the 30th. Oh my goodness! You need to get yeah. another interview. Good, get. get 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 another interview. It's the been lads. it's been two years. Like come That's on, true. <laughs> lads, remember me? Um, new listeners. Uh, we recorded an interview before about yeah about two years ago. Uh, at so I watched from Farble, one of our first guests uh, on the podcast, and they were super nice and uh, super informative in terms of like the guitar playing pedal process. And um, so yeah, if you're looking for an interview with them with you know reasonable audio quality i'd say go check that out yeah before i before i got a little headset microphone um john have you anything to say before our friends anything else you'd like to add in terms of guitars and guitar playing um in, enjoy the fact that you can play guitar because exactly. there's some of us out there who can't at the moment so <laughs> use use your time wisely that's a, a very good parting words i don't think i can beat that um but i will get, use our catchphrase which is this stay sharp the jerk. <laughs>